Hi listeners, it's Sarah, and we're excited to have your ears for episode 24.5, the final episode of 2015. Today we'd like you to meet the especially sweet and insanely talented composer and musician whose music soundtracked episode 24 with Molly Crabapple. Should I start recording now? Oh yeah, yeah? sure, go for it. Okay, just, just one second. Okay. Okay, I've just checked that it's still working. <laughs> okay. So my real name is Cécile Schott. I'm French. I work under the name Colleen when I make music. I'm from a small town south of Paris called Montargis, which, you know, our listeners probably won't have heard of because it's, you know, quite small. And then for years I lived, you know, here and there, but now I'm based in, in San Sebastian in, in Spain on the Atlantic coast. Cecile has been making music since she was 15, and she started releasing albums under the name Colleen at age 27. She has six full albums in total and one EP, her most recent being Captain of None, released in April of 2015 with Thrill Jockey Records. Our talented sound designer and friend, Billy Raraznik, has been a longtime fan of Colleen. He calls what she makes brain music, which he says is the music a beautiful brain would make if you could plug a quarter-inch jack into it. In 2003, Cecile released her first album under Colleen, titled Everyone Alive Wants Answers. It's one of my favorites, because I've never really heard anything like it. She blended old recordings with repetitive loops of her own instruments, like the glockenspiel and guitar, with obscure materials like a broken music box. These tracks are scratchy and warm and electronically treated, not a moment of silence, building this mysterious atmosphere that can be dark and playful at the same time. Cecile's style evolved over the following five albums. In The Golden Morning Breaks, released in 2005, she stripped everything down, abandoned any electronic treatment, and played with bells, chimes, and objects that make cranky sounds. But then, in her third album, Cecile moved into more traditional string-based compositions, strumming, plucking, and playing the harp like spinet, the guitar, the clarinet, and... A treble viola da gamba. It's a baroque instrument with gut strings. You know, compared to a, a cello or a violin, it has a much more earthy sound. And also, I've changed the tuning of it, and I mostly played uh, finger-picking. So it's become, you know, a kind of a strange mix between something that sounds a little bit like a harp or a guitar, but also, um, you know, like a plucked violin. That's really an instrument that I'm, like, really in love with. her album titled The Wang of the Heart, released in 2013, Cecile used a new instrument, one she hadn't played with before, her voice. And she continued to use her voice in her latest and more reggae and dub-influenced release, Captain of None. I've always been into pedals and delays and loop stations and that kind of stuff. And recently I've had uh, more of an interest in analog effects. I think I'm basically heading more and more towards uh, trying to find a balance between acoustic sounds and then treating them with analog effects. So I'll, I'll see where that can you know, take me on the next album. 
Cecile's music is quite different from album to album, but it's all unified by a tenderness, a curiosity, a will to experiment and play. And it's always taking you somewhere you weren't expecting. Cecile's work under Colleen has gained a lot of attention. She's performed in venues all over the world. She's scored films, been featured on multiple NPR and BBC shows, as well as podcasts like Dinner Party Download, which is how I discovered her. Since the end of her tour and settling of the dust around her most recent album, Captain of None, Cecile has returned to her quiet home in the Basque country of Spain and is starting to work on new music again. When we spoke, she was listening to Captain of None and taking production notes. I do uh, hear the flaws, but I also embrace the fact that at one point you have to consider that something is, is done and finished and you have to live with it as it is because otherwise you would never release. You know, like perfection doesn't really exist, you know. So um, it's a weird mixture of like being pleased with what I've done, but also thinking, okay, maybe on the next album I can improve that aspect. The, the act of making music and also of recording it and producing it is really, really personal. And I can really connect each album with a definite period of my life. If I'm listening to my records, which again, doesn't really happen because, you know, I'm not narcissistic to the point of actually listening to my albums. Uh, it kind of happens by by accident, let's say. But definitely I'm, I'm very happy with how each album is quite different from the other. Even though they do have things in common, each is like slightly different sonically and also has a slightly different mood. And I'm always trying to introduce either different instruments or different production techniques. That's what really motivates me is to to keep learning and seeing how I can diversify, not just for the sake of diversifying, but just because, you know, there are so many things to be to be done musically that the most exciting thing to do is just to, to try out those different things and try and do something as, as personal as possible. It's weird for me to have reached an age where I actually have a body of work behind me. And actually, I was recently reflecting that I'll be 40 next year and I've been making music for 25 years, which I'm kind of, you know, impressed with how long, you know, that's that's been going on in my life. But that isn't the end of the story. Cecile went through times of doubt and struggle, times where she withdrew from making music completely. This is what happened after her fourth album, released in 2007. Cecile took a step back, took a look at her life, and realized she was falling out of love with music. And so she stopped. It wasn't until four years later that she really began to pick up her instruments again. I had reached the end of a creative cycle because I had released uh, three albums and an EP. As an artist, you're not always going to be full of ideas that you're ready to execute. So I think that's what happened to me. And also, I guess, I mean, because I was still pretty young, I think I was maybe a bit immature and too idealistic about what the music world is. I think it just became like too much for me to take. I was just working too much. You know, maybe for instance, playing a show and not really wanting to, which I think is just 
depressing. I mean, for me, if I'm on stage, I really need to believe in what I do. I'm alone there, <laughs> out there. So, you know, if you're alone on the stage and you're not completely convinced by what you're doing, you're heading towards disaster, basically. So I, I decided to uh, take a break. And she left Paris and moved to San Sebastian, Spain, where she lives now. And she settled into a much more quiet, solitary life. Cecile ignored the guilt of not playing music and pursued ceramics and stone carving, activities she had always wanted to try. And that did the trick in more ways than one, because first of all, um, it kept me busy artistically, even though it was you know, at a small level. And secondly, by focusing on a new activity, you know, I was able to look at how other creative people work. And if you look at ceramicists and sculptors, uh, usually they work in a studio or at least somewhere that's not their home. And I was thinking, mm, yeah, probably a lot of my problem has been to do with the fact that I have so much admin work, so much email work. And I thought, really, what I need to do is to to go back to the roots of what it's like to be a musician and... Of course, it's all about making music, which is, sounds obvious, but when you're a professional musician, you end up doing tons of things that have nothing to do with, you know, sitting with your instruments and rehearsing or recording or looking for new ideas. So once that was clear in my head, I basically uh, slowly went back to work and it took me about two years to put the new ideas that I had into uh, a reality. You know, it was a long, uh, a long road, but, you know, in general, patience is like one of the best virtues, you know. <laughs> I think in life, in many ways, whether it's to do with a personal crisis or a, a professional crisis, if you just uh, sit it out and, you know, try to find solutions, then, you know, there's always a, a, a light at the end of the tunnel, I think. In 2013, six years after her previous album, Cecile released The Weighing of the Heart, and two years after that, Captain of None. The process of making an album will always be strenuous, but after six albums and nearly 200 shows over the last 10 years, Cecile better understands what she needs to create and how to be happy doing it. I, I do watch out for myself, but then to be fully honest, um, the difficulty with um, music making is that it's the nature of the business that you work like crazy, you know, while you're producing the album and then while you're promoting it, and then you find yourself going through um, a much quieter period. So as much as I would love to say that, yes, you know, I've found the balance between having quiet moments when I'm releasing a record, uh, it doesn't actually work out that way. But then you realize you're not making music into a void and that your music accompanies either people's daily life or their creative activities. Or sometimes, apparently some people have told me that it's really helped them go through tough times. And that's one of the best things I can hear, you know, as a person and as a musician, because music has had the same uh, role in my life. I reached out to Cecile in late November, asking if she'd be open to letting us use her music and do an interview with her. I received a response from her the same day, saying she'd be delighted to participate, but thought speaking might feel a bit strange, as she hadn't done a spoken interview since June. She had just finished up touring and was dealing with family and personal health issues. 
and then I found myself uh, in Paris on the the night of the uh, of the attacks on thirteenth uh, of November. This basically events have conspired to keep me in this really low key mood where I've been thinking, oh, I'm I'm not ready to go back to work because I'm I'm just feeling exhausted emotionally and physically from all these um, negative events that are happening in Europe, or at least very much, you know, for French people, because I'm based in Spain, but obviously, you know, as a French person, I, I guess, still feel um, very affected by, by everything that's happened. But then again, <laughs> there comes a point where, you know, negative events are piling up and you realize that you just need to um, do something positive to put yourself in another mode. You need some kind of artistic translation. I think that's always the tough one, but that's also, you know, the best part of the challenge is how do you, you know, somehow translate um, everyday emotions or events into something that's not just going to be like a list of complaints about things that happen to everyone. I know that somehow it's it's going to filter into the music, although maybe there will even be a contrast between what I'm feeling and the music that I'm going to produce, because I think that's one of the things that I'm interested in, is sometimes having darker subjects, which was already the case for Captain of None, you know, the, the album that I released this year, but the music is quite upbeat and uplifting. <laughs> so I think that that's more interesting than having, you know, like really morose music with somber lyrics. I, I kind of like the the intersection of, of the two things. It's probably going to sound a bit weird, but I don't think I have any other plan other than, you know, being alive, being healthy, being with the people I love and having inspiration to, to make music. I think maybe something that I should mention that I have a pretty uh, minimalist lifestyle which really helps if you want to become an artist full-time and what you do doesn't really fall into any commercial norm. You know, I, I really don't need much to be happy as far as, you know, my material, material needs are concerned. You know, I, I feel incredibly lucky to, to have the inspiration to, to keep making music, you know, at my age. I think some, some people have, like, really short careers and after that, you know, it's music becomes a thing of the past. And, like, for me to be almost 40 and to be still excited about making music, that's already a dream, uh, you know, come true. And likewise for the fact of actually, you know, making a, a living out of it. I think as you grow older, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure how, how old you are, but you, you're probably much younger than me. And not to be fatalistic, but it's just, yeah, it's just the law of life that as you get older, more problems are, are bound to come your way. So for me, I'm just really happy to have full uh, physical, mental capabilities to to live a full life, to walk outside, uh, to go bird watching, which is my my big passion. I think for the rest, you know, that's that's probably more, you know, an accessory to life than you know, life itself.
Thank you to Cecile for taking the time to talk with us and for continuing to make beautiful music as Colleen. We were honored to use her music in our last episode with Molly Crabapple. Visit our website, shedoespodcast.com slash music, and you'll find links to Colleen's music and mixes, which she makes frequently for herself and online publications. You should also get your eyes on her stunning album art, made by longtime collaborator Iker Spozio. She Does is a part of Slate's Panoply Network, and this episode was produced by myself, Sarah Ginsberg, and Elaine Sheldon. This is our last episode of 2015. It's been an unforgettable year, and Elaine and I would like to thank all of you that have supported this project. You've listened, you've donated, you've shared us with your friends, you've shown up at our live events, you've figured out how to give star ratings on iTunes, you've written us the sweetest emails. We can't thank you enough. And we also want to thank our team for all the work they put into this project over the last 12 months. Sound designers Billy Raznick and Bradford Krieger, illustrator Christine Cover, production accomplice Elijah Case, and our partner Filmmaker Magazine, and friends over at Independent Music News, who, by the way, we're collaborating with in releasing a 2015 She Music compilation. It'll make a nice digital gift for the holidays, and all proceeds will go towards Girls Rock Camp Alliance. We hope you all have a safe and happy holidays. Meet us right back here in the new year for a new episode on January 13th. Thank you for listening to She Does. Music.